Hi, you're listening to Oh Hey Heather, Tell Me a Story. Real stories, real experiences, by real people. I hope you enjoy. Hello. Hey, this is my first podcast. Really, truly is. I have several recorded already somewhere on my phone, but I looked at the dates and I thought, I don't even want to go back and hear what they are because... I'm not that person a year ago because, you know, everybody's changing constantly and moving and evolving and probably was something that I still feel true about today, but I probably would explain it a little more differently now that I feel like I've been like writing stories and getting feedback and listening to people and seeing what people like to know that I think it's better to start here and start fresh. And uh, it's funny, I already stopped it twice because I had to run down and make a gin and tonic, which is why I'm winded, because I ran back up here. And uh, I'll explain the gin and tonic in a minute, because there's actually a reason for it. But uh, I started thinking about this list I have, where I've written down, I don't even know, there's probably 87 things that I thought of that would be a good topic for a podcast. And I've personally spoke to at least a dozen people that I would be absolutely thrilled to um, do with my show to have a conversation about a story because I found that sometimes when you start to tell stories somebody else's story comes out and then you're actually surprised and amused and I I feel like that's something I really have enjoyed and, and why I think I do okay in life with jobs is because I really like to hear other people's stories and not everybody is really into that so Um, And then I try to contribute a story that is of equal or lesser value, but kind of relates to why I understand why what they're telling me is funny and it's okay that we shared that. So, you know, just validation, I guess. Anyway, I'm rambling. But as I sit back today and I look at that list, I'm thinking, man, right now, this is just such a weird time that there's so many things within things to even talk about. So... Sorry, I'm trying to get my quinanean in. Um, like, we're in the middle of uh, the coronavirus. When I say middle, I hope it's the middle. Everybody keeps saying we're in the middle. And I'm like, well, every day we're in the middle. Where's the end? Because this must be a really long middle. And uh, I'm really torn about it because in a way... I'm bummed and I want to get back and I want everything to be secure and I want people to just chill out. Just chill out. Think. Continue to be kind. And just be patient with one another. I mean, it's just such a weird place because I think when you throw the chips down, if if anyone could be anywhere right now, And I only mean this if you're not strongly weaved into a a work ethic or a career that you actually feel good doing. So I want to exclude those people because I'll, uh, I'll get to there. But I'm talking about like even those people, okay? If we all had our way and everybody was calm, and it was just normal as is life, and we know that everything has literally almost disappeared to where you forget where you 
get you can go or can't go and then you realize and remember oh wait I shouldn't go like there's like you're developing this second habit that is so new yet it can't stay long because I don't want it to be like this and if you develop that habit like what 21 days they say like isn't January 21st the um the official day that your resolutions are like 80% likely to be done or like um, I don't know but I feel like we've been on freak alert and I have a timeline of it because I know because of my job I think like the oh shit handle broke to like a you know like oh shit the car's in gear you know we're like first gear now it's like oh we're moving okay it's happening it's happening and then we start like you know business continuity plans which I'm sure everybody has one because believe me I've got your email I know you've got one thank you appreciate it um even though you like sell furniture I don't know okay thank you appreciate it glad if I have a rip in my rug I can still call you and you'll help me out um anyway back to the canyoning I heard from a pharmacist and again this is she even said she's like Dude, I'm, I'm just saying, I have no idea, there's no studies, there's no proof, there's nothing. But that um, tonic water contains like quinanine, I don't even know if I'm saying it right, I could be hacking it. It's like a bunch of Q's and N's and I's and it, um, I didn't think I'd remember it. But then, the last Saturday morning when I kind of snuck out at 7 a.m. because Walmart was going to be open and I thought, you know, maybe... This was before they put the old people in, sorry. This was before that rule. That was, oh shit, gear number three in your car of going, you know, 40 instead of <clears throat> 10. Um, no, this, this was the morning where I was, like, really kind of feeling red dawn. I'm not going to lie. Like, I was just kind of trying to be cash I could tell people were a little awkward you know we couldn't come within like a six foot range which is kind of hard to do when you're at freaking Walmart especially if you like turn corners or whatever and personally I'm like you know just just don't lick my face you know I mean I'm not saying I want to stand in line and be like <coughs> like every freaking airline a place does which by the way that's where I think you get sick I don't think it's on the plane because I was on a plane before we started into the gear, it was more like everybody was in the car and we weren't sure if we were going to start it or not. I was flying, I was home in Iowa with my daughter and my granddaughter and my grandson just having a ball, like trying to be locked in the house with them and just play. And uh, So I was at O'Hare, you know, it was weird because I didn't realize when I was coming home from Cedar Rapids and come in and there's TSA and not TSA, sorry, sorry, this is where, you know, you go to the kiosk put in your credit card and it prints out your tickets and then you gotta wait and drop your bag because I have selfishly decided that if I have layovers I just kinda wanna pay the 30 bucks you know I, I don't know treat yourself it's it's my it's my way of uh, not dealing with that one more thing when I'm trying to lug around in the airport and chill so I walk in and I'm at the kiosk and I'm printing out my ticket and um, I hear my name Heather I'm like, the there's no one around. Like, I am the only person at one kiosk, all airlines, because 
that you can see all the airlines like physically. I mean, it's it's a decent sized airport. It's nothing to be scared about. You know, I mean, you're probably going to be in like seats with only four seats, like rows with four seats in them, like two and two, sometimes two and one. <laughs> but I, I mean, for all in all, I don't complain. I just think drink service is stupid because if you're in a plane like that, you're in a 40 minute or less flight. And I'd rather you check my bag for free and not get a drink. Like, I wish I had a choice or something. Like a little Disney wristlet that, like, lets me get into special parks. Or when you go to Mexico and you get the silver band, which means you get the top shelf. Yeah, like that. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. I was the only... I was like, what? And I look, and it's the lady at the counter. She's like, Heather, I went ahead and printed your luggage tag here, honey. Just bring it over. Have you ever experienced that at an airport in your life? I have not. But I was like, all right, cool. And I took it over there. And, um, she was sweet. I think her name was Sandra or something. And it was just, like, relaxed. I was like, this is really awesome. So then I will walk over to whatever the gate thing is to the next level. You know, you can go one way for these airlines and one way for these airlines. And then you do the TSA where you take off your shoes and put certain things in one bowl and certain things in one tub and then shoes on the outside of the tub and then the bags can be left out but screens bigger than your phone less than three ounces put them in a baggie whip those out separate tub you know that thing and then wait in line with everybody while we're slapping our bare feet all over the floor which by the way I now wear I don't care where I'm going I don't care if I'm going as a speaker at an event or getting an award I don't even know whatever I'm wearing what I want to wear on the plane I don't care the only time I didn't was when I worked at another place that was ads and it was a big deal and it was nice company I really nice people highly recommend them um they had a 12 person plane like a jet thing and they shared it with another corporation in town and like they they coordinated with one lady and a pilot so it was no big deal and they did like 50-50, or sometimes they coordinated them, even those together, and then we would be mix and match as employees talking along the way about what we're working on and stuff, so it was kind of cool. It was like, I liked it. Um, but the plane, you know, you get out going into Chicago on a windy day, because we had a Chicago office too, so it was like Iowa, Chicago, Iowa, Chicago. But it was nice, because you could just literally drive in like you're going to work, punch a clock, but instead go to the airport, and then you just hop on and take your work bag I mean it's your plane somebody's checking and doing that it's like the most weirdest feeling I'm guessing this is what celebrities do I don't know politicians for sure but anyway um where was I why did I forget all of a sudden I really had a good point oh so TSA nobody you know how you've got like two officers handling the front end of feeding the x-ray machine and like helping you with your tubs and like that and then you got the one chick that's like going to the end of the line and then hauling all the tubs back and then refilling the front of the line which you know they go 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 there's no cleaning of them I mean whatever then um you figure you've got the one that's like real serious up in that chair it's a little bit higher and they're reading them reading them reading them which I would not want that job that Man, that's got to be stressful. Gotta, I mean, that, that's on you. You know what I mean? Like, whew. So, 
one of them time I had those plastic kitty cat ears, you know, those ones you put your fingers through and then the little kitty cat ears stick out and then that's like your defense weapon. So like if you're out jogging or something and you are attacked by a cougar, you can be like, you know, with your kitty cat ears and get it right back. So I carry those because not that I'm afraid of uh, some guy that's going to jump out on the trail and be like, I suppose it could happen. But no, mine's more like, what if a freaking pit bull comes at me? What if, what if a cougar, we have that problem, there's like, oh my god, here goes the damn thing. They're not wolves, they're like freaking wolves. They're getting big though, like they're starting to get some girth to them, because you know they're living high on the hog, just hanging out, chilling in our woods, eating rabbits and stuff. Um, Wiley coyotes, coyotes, okay. What if I'm on these trails that are all woodsy, because one time I was on the trail, and I was pedaling my bike, and I had my uh, headphones in, and I'm just jamming, 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 I'm pedaling, and like this deer like literally like I could feel its fur on its hips like on the grazing like the the front of my bike or something well it couldn't have been the hips because their legs are right there there's no way that's that's total exaggeration I'm exaggerating but it like it felt like we were going to collide at any moment like we were that close so I don't know you'd have to like I wish there was like a camera that was like no this is where it actually laid but it just felt that way Kind of like when Mark's driving in the Dodge truck and he gets on a car where I feel like he's going to like climb up on top of it. Like it's one of those ones with the octopus movie where there was that truck with the octopus living under it. And it was like, and I'm like, ah, and he's always like, why do you flinch? Why do you jump? And I'm like, because you're going to freaking hit that little car. And he's like, no, there's like three feet between us. I'm like, oh, it just looks that way. So it was like that. Anyway, back to TSA. I'm trying to add up all the positions in my head, like the one that will then have you walk into the tube that's going to make you scan, and then the one that tells you to walk out of the tube to see how your scanning results went, while the other lady is pulling out the things from the feeder to go down. I've lost count. Imagine that times two plus the two dudes at the checking your ticket and your face thing counters they're all in place okay and it's just me and it's weird they're all just like watching me and everybody's like and I'm like oh and the funny thing is is I was going home to my daughter and I already put my stuff my shields underneath so I one did not take work with me so no laptop Two, I didn't have any of the fluids because I just put what I all my hygiene in the bag that went under the plane, and like I, I just had my phone. I mean, it was just the lightest. It was just a little purse to have it so that I had something to put something in, and um, and I had a book. So anyway, I was just like in and out. So from the moment I walked into the airport to the time I I saw my gate and was ready, it took ten minutes. And it was just weird. And then when I got there, there was like a bar. So I was like, well, shoot, I'm actually 45 minutes earlier. So I was there literally an hour and 45 minutes early. Because you always want to plan for all that crap that didn't happen. And it was just dead. So I just sat there and, I don't know, got on the phone for a while or something. But even O'Hare, O'Hare had people. And I would say that at that time you could tell no one would have foretold the the six foot rule 
But at the time, everybody was walking around, I would say it was maybe 30 to 50% capacity of what we're used to if we were to go to Chicago. So, you know, I mean, you're still people. I saw three masks. And um, two were of Asian descent. Again, I'm not judging. They obviously knew something we didn't because we were like, you don't need no mask. It doesn't go that way. All you're doing is hurting yourself because you're trapping your own moisture in your face and like it's making it worse or something because it seeps into your eyes and ears and all this other weird shit. Because I remember someone told me that stewardesses were putting Neosporin around all their openings, like around their ears and around their nose holes and around their lips, like a lip gloss and underneath their eyes because they were hoping that it would capture things and make them stay safe so that they didn't get sick. Which, okay. But they said they had the best HEP filters ever. Like the filtration system, I guess, in an airplane is just so crazy, crazy good and they change them every flight and it's like amazing. Well, at work we had a, a young staff recommend these um, filtration air systems that like pull it in and kill coronavirus. Like it's already on there that it kills coronavirus, which I thought was weird because I thought, no way in hell did all these people get these products on the shelf with coronavirus in it that fast. Because at this point, I mean, I'm, I'm headed to Iowa, you know, it's like, no big deal. And they were like 1700 bucks, I'm like, eh. But they changed, it, that it's what the filter is. Like that's what this people were talking about a filter way before this part came out. So they said it's actually where the people sit that's the dirty, like ugh, like you're sitting where someone sat like 50,000 times and they're not Lysol them down. So what was nice is as I slowly walked on my plane that wasn't even half full, had my own row the whole time, all four flights because I had layovers, you know, front and back. And it was, they took extra time letting us on. Like we ended up stuck right, like they kept boarding us anyway because they wanted us all in. Like, so they put us all in the, you know, the fake whatever hallway rod thing you gotta walk through. And, but we all stood on it for a while. So it was like we were all in line around the whole coop. And everybody was chill about it. I mean, it wasn't that long, it wasn't that uncomfortable. It's not a big deal. But I think they did that so that when they were ready, we could just be like, we're all on. There's nobody else coming in, nobody else is checking in. Because they closed the gate thingy at the lady while we were still all standing on it. So I was like, okay. I found out it's because they started an extra sanitation service where they were scrubbing down and spraying all the seats and wiping everything. And I'm telling you what, man, that plane was clean every single time and smelled fresh. So imagine flying, it was American by the way, they were all great people because the stewardess, like every staff member from airport to TSA to um, the rest of the airport, I'm sorry, it's not airport, it's airline, to the people on it were awesome. I mean, even the, the pilot, I appreciate it when a pilot tells you there's going to be turbulence because you know they know. They already know. They've proven that they know when it's coming. And they know before they even get in the air, which is why they make their decision to let you know that their altitude's going to range from here to here because they're going to be trying to dodge some wind. It's like, talk to me, brother. All right, thank you. 
appreciate it. And it's really cool because they're like, hey, you have about 15 more minutes. We're going to discontinue the service that you shouldn't get anyway, which is, okay, sure, I'll take a pop. Didn't need one, but hey, you're offering, yeah, peanuts, why not? Seriously. But one funny thing is on the way back, the the one flight people were hilarious, by the way. I don't even know what their names were. I should have asked them. But they were throwing out, like they were giving every person, they didn't even, you didn't even ask. Like they just slammed them down on your tray. And it was like two bags of peanuts each and a bis biscotti or whatever that biscotti cookie thing is. I never eat them. But anyway, I was just like, all right. And then they were like handing out full cans of pop. And it took them 10 minutes, maybe, if that. And then we had a bunch of turbulence, which is funny because then everybody had these, like, big full drinks. And they're like, blah, 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 blah. But the pilot was really cool about it because I've had flights where we had shitty turbulence. Like, like white knuckle kinds where, like, I feel like I'm a pretty veteran flyer at this point in my life. And I've had some knuckle ones. And I've had a few where I was, like, getting off the plane. I literally sat and just stared at the floor for a little bit. Said some prayers and some gratitude and um, didn't care that I was going to be stranded for a while. So, anyway, with when they don't say anything and you're left to wonder, like, uh, did they, like, get poisoned and they're actually dying in there and nobody can get the door open? Like, I know that's really severe but when you're going through it and going through it and going through it and it's really like what the heck where everybody is like looking around like all right i'm trying to remember who who's who here in case we have to like jump in a lifeboat or some shit anyway these guys are awesome they're like very communicative i appreciate it just tell me what's going to happen and i'm hanging there with you so anyway awesome experience all the way around so I get back to the timeline, and that would have been me returning to work on Tuesday, the 11th, no, the 10th, because it was Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th is where it started to get a little like, oh, should um, start thinking about things. And at that point, I remember that day because... We made a conscious decision that based on what the CDC was recommending for the things that the people I work with do, they should have gloves available at all times for their comfort. It wasn't mandatory, it was just for their comfort, plus all the supplies. Like That's when it was no big deal, and I remember because we called our, our vendors who, you know, they'll just drop a truckload of whatever we want off, case of TP, case of whatever, hand sanitizer. And they said, we're sorry, but our warehouses are cleared out. We're like, what? Well, that sucks. Luckily, we started to go around town just as individuals and buy up things here and there. Luckily, we're in a more of a suburban, you know, like, what would you call it? Semi-rural? Like... I have friends that live rurally, but I chose to live in town kind of size, you know? So it wasn't, but it was, it was weird. Like you could feel it picking up and that's when the toilet paper started. So that would have been February or February, March 13th, Friday, 13th, full moon. I don't believe that all those things mattered. I do think it's just pretty freaking coincidental because 
I don't know about you, but I feel like it's uh, it's bigger than all of us. Let's just say that. Um, everything's been coming to play. Like, I see you. I see you. I get it. Uh, the I'm not saying the threat's not real. I think the threat's real. I'm worried the threat might be more real than we realize, and that's why they're making a big deal out of what seems to be nothing. Because I'm pissed off that a month ago, 29 people in 10 days in one county died of heroin overdose. I didn't, I don't, I didn't know. I was just looking into deaths by my state and it pulled up that article and then it was like a whole news show. Something about like the morgues were wanting to ask the hospitals that if they die there to please hold on to them in the chiller for a while because they're running out of space kind of a thing. And that was like before any of this. This was that first week of February. Anyway, so I was like using that as a thing and you know the fact that the flu is killing everybody and I'm like I, I agree. Be clean, be be aware and um, check yourself but at this time they said don't you don't need masks and the only reason why they wanted everybody to wear gloves was because if you had any cuts or any you know little things in your fingers or something you could like let it in more and so they wanted you to wear the gloves and for sanitary like handling person to person. Makes sense. Well, which, by the way, today is Wednesday the 25th, and now it's, the world is out of masks, and people are bombarding them, and they're charging a 700% markup on them, and our president's trying to make that stop and, like, get it from them and, like, punish them, and, as he should, um, but they're also saying that the Red Cross is in dire need of blood because they canceled more than 4,000 blood drives during that time period of a week because everybody was afraid of it. I mean, heck, you're wearing gloves to protect your cuts, right? And now they're saying, oh no, it's safe to give blood. It's, it's not trans. It's not through the blood. It's it's all bronchiolar, like air, breathing it in and stuff. So, I don't know. Like I feel like it did a 180. Both, both fronts, so I don't know. I mean, I've heard this was a new strain and that's why, like, that maybe that's what all the old strains used to be. And I guess that would make it plausible that, you know, I'm looking into filtered systems that kill coronavirus that are older, like they've been around since like 15. And then... When you buy a can of Lysol, if you can find one, there's, it says kills coronavirus on it. So I think it's been around and again, this could be a mutation of it. So I'm not, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not privy to all that, that high level investigation of this right now. I'm just kind of going with the flow. I figure I want to know enough to know enough to make the right decisions for what my job entails and my family and my friends and uh, respect them. And also kind of just secretly hope that what if we could work from home? I, I feel like as a family, that'd be pretty cool that we all are just like in our house for two weeks. And thank God my employer is like, as of right now, I'm not talking layoff, even if we're forced to go home. And believe me, I can do a lot of work from home. So I'm not worried about that. But I'm, I'm just saying like, I just don't leave. I'm here comfortable, not getting ready and 
commuting, you know, 20 minutes and getting into other things because you're around other people because that's the other odd thing is the ones that are wired, and I'm one of them, I mean, we're like, what, four days into being told if you can do your job at home, you must do your job at home. And we're like, yeah, I know I can, but right now I feel like being here kind of stuff because there are people that have to work there. Like, they can't work from home because it's, it's a mandatory, essential, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to get into that word right now. It's giving me nuts. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there is some type of adrenaline that you get, and I'm sure a, a truck driver or a nurse can tell me it's much stronger in them than me because I'm just a computer desk kind of worker. Even though I love to be hands-on and I've had many a job that were not to their level because I didn't do the schooling, but security guard, you know, and cottage person for a juvenile facility detention and waitressing. Yeah, that's one of the hardest jobs in the world. Waitressing. Not everybody should be doing it. <laughs> but the good ones should be able to make a good career out of that, I think. Again, it comes to experience. And if somebody can rock at their job and you know it would be just getting in the face or balls something those are weak I'm trying to think anyway it would be bad if you lost them get them to a place where they really feel the appreciation and I'm not saying it's money it could be time it could be whatever is of value to them but Don't want to be one thing and then pay them to find something else real easy or something. I don't know. I don't know. It's a gray area. It's kind of like how we're in the middle of uh, coronavirus. But, um, yeah, there. it's just so weird. I, I don't want this to be a habit. I don't want it to keep being this way and us being used to this way because I feel like this stupid, this social distancing is like, I get it. I understand the meaning. They're saying don't socialize within six feet and don't socialize with more than six. Although now even that's kind of cranked down because now they're saying like if you're exposing yourself, like if you're going to Kroger and you're going to these places, you could be because it's now in your county. It's in your county. We've had two cases. So you gotta like really even be aware of that. So now people are like there's this one I'm not even gonna like bring up who it could be but we're like well I know we've all been like imagine if you've got a couple of houses in the same you know like for instance Landon his friend lives just like back and over like I would say like a block half and then the other way, he's got his other best bud that's like a block half. 
Now they have other friends that are a little bit further out, but because of this, they're still, to me, in range, and they have not left their homes. But now people are weary of it because I am leaving my home. I am going to work. Not that I'm not going work home, work home, work home, gas station, work home, work home, work home, Kroger. But even that, I'm going to probably do click list and, like, I'm really trying to respect it. But I'm still going to work and... I don't know. I left today and I'm... I don't know if I'm... It's got nothing to do with fear. If anything, I even explained it. I'm fearful of giving it to somebody. It's like, how do I know? I did go places and I am going here and there and, you know, and I'm going in between buildings and other people and it's like, you know, I don't want to be that one. It brings the whole place down. <laughs> so I have fallen into some of the concern or the worry, but I feel like it's because I feel like the worriers and the anxiety people that are more, um, I guess active <laughs> are usually really thinking far ahead, you know, like what if I get cancer? What if, you know, and it's like you reel her back in, man. There's no, you don't know. It's just today. So, but now worry is what's going to happen in an hour? What's going to happen if I do this? What's going to happen? Like any of your basic stuff. And even though people are kind of being chill, a lot of people are not. And uh, I actually did this little video on my Facebook that I was talking about my roots because they're growing out because, you know, salons are closed and I needed it done anyway. But I was happy that people were happy with it and that it made people laugh. And I, I, um, I didn't expect it to do what it did. And it didn't in like, the, the thing is, is for me, it's the biggest response I've, I've ever received from something that I've done. And I find it ironic that I didn't use, uh, an image of something else to do it because I usually don't use my own image at all, but I use the filter to protect it. And it's not because I'm trying to protect it. That's the wrong word. It's just because I'm not ready to do that. I mean, maybe one day I will be. Because I do have my like face in photos and things. like You can see what I look like. But they're just... I design things that kind of connect it to who I am. But it's not about me. That, I think that's why. I'm t I don't want anything to be about me. I am truly happy being that person that cheers you on from the sidelines and wants somebody else to step up. Like... I realize I have to step up and sometimes I enjoy stepping up like I do enjoy it um, ownership is or being accountable for something is scary and risky all at the same time but when you see that you like if you know and you see that based on like all of the facts of who I have available to assist me because it's never a one-man shop and how much time we have to execute it and what the results would be when it happens that's the magic like if you if you can see it and you know it and and it's almost like a i think about when like either dominoes fall or you know lights go like all up the way it's it's like it lights the whole path and you see it 
and I get excited. And a lot of times, you know how when you're in a, in a classroom or you're in one of those annoying um, uh, the Zoom calls where there's like freaking 30 of you and they're like, does anyone have a question? And then it's like, no, you go. No, you, no, you go. No, no, you go. Yeah, yeah. And it's like when you're at a four-way stop and everybody's trying to be nice and then everybody after that's like, fuck. And they go, whoops, sorry. <gasps> and then they gun it. And then they're like, brr. And then, anyway, that's how it feels. So, I didn't even finish that pharmacist story when I'm drinking a tonic water, and for that I apologize, but the cuninine stuff is supposedly what was used in the 50s to drink to help with your pain of malaria. Now, it was created in the 50s. They say it was created for that purpose. And that it it's the only thing that makes it different from like soda water and carbonated water and I thought I would forget what the name of the ingredient was but it turns out that when you look at every single brand there are and I looked at every single brand from Walmart to Kroger and Walmart had like three different brands which I totally don't understand I'm like why wouldn't you just have two but um, anyway I even wrote a letter to the Walmart CEOs the USA one and the global one I think they should talk to me because I have well, they know why. I sent them the whole proposal. But anyway, maybe they don't agree. But, you know, there's even this other company I reached out to that I have a whole way to repurpose um, what they make to do a whole new vertical in a different, like, retail space that I think would make them even more money than they're probably making now. And won't return my calls. Yeah. So, hey, you're out there, and you are someone that is in the abrasives and sandpaper type market I would love to tell you about it I even have it in a thing where I whatever the poor man copyright you know where you put it all together you seal it in an envelope get it notarized and you stamp it and then you mail it to yourself but you never open it and then the stamp is your time stamp to prove that it was your idea I've heard it can hold up in court I don't know but it's free so, anyway, back to this canadian stuff. I don't know if it will be, but I thought, I'm going to go to Walmart at 7 a.m. And I'm going to buy me about 8 liters of it. Because she said, she laughed, she goes, you know it's going to take you like 2 liters to get out of it. What you would need to even be equivalent to the to that drug they're trying to do. She was like, I, and she goes, and even then I don't even think it would work. She goes, if anything, it's just like to help with pain. So that's why I only got 2 liters. I thought, eh. But the point is, is, I love gin and tonics. I haven't drank them in forever. So I've been telling myself that after a hard day's work, you can help subdue your symptoms by having a really nice, tall gin and tonic. And I have no idea if that's going to work, but by golly, I'm glad that I've made that rule. Because it's just been a long, long time. And the thing is, it's not hard. Like, I love what I'm doing. I'm, like, fired up, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to help. I'm going to hear. Because I'm trying to, like, retain, retain, retain. I'm trying to, you know, be that shining star in the community and 
keep our business growing and even though everything's going to kind of hunker down right now, be that light in the darkness that can say, yes, we have the capabilities to help you and here's how we're going to do it. Boom, 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 boom. So that's why everybody's like all hands on deck. Da, da, da. So I'm like, yay. And I'm like, do, 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 do. And then I'm helping other teams and going around in it. And I'm like, I, I owned it because I, we have to. I mean, it was just like a time of crisis. Everybody's like, yeah, me too, me too, me too. Because it's like that quiet classroom where they ask a question and you know 15 of you know the answer, but nobody wants to speak up. So you were like, hey, I'll do it because I'm tired of waiting. But I'm not necessarily saying that about where I'm at because that's what I do and that's my, you know, that's disregard them as being the same. I'm trying to use the analogy of how you always volunteer, but that's the role I'm hired to do. So I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. But anyway, I'm going to have a gin and tonic every day and talk about how social distancing messes you up mentally because it entails socializing and although it does it should just be physical I think physical distancing because you're not going to socialize with everybody you just got to stay physically away from them you know what I mean so if it was physical distancing it wouldn't feel so awkward if you have a set of friends and you're still the four of you and you're all living the same quarantined lifestyle of work home, work home, work home. And you're continually checking yourself, checking your temperature, making sure you're fine. Aren't you all about the same risk level? So, especially if you're all the same age, you know? And like, I feel like we're not increasing the risk of the others. Do I want to increase the risk of anyone else? Oh, heck no. I think about it every time I go out. I'm glad that they're like having the seniors go at one time and everybody else go at another. And I hope they're sanitizing it in between. You know, I'm just going to go there. It's my first episode. If you're still listening by now, I think you'll be open to me saying this. I feel like social distancing myself from the squad. And I'm really upset that they're even calling them the squad. Because you know everything in the media, it tends to trend. So it's like as soon as somebody comes up with a phrase, then everybody's using that phrase. Which, by the way, why is everybody so flippin' mad about this whole Chinese virus? It came from there. It's not because there's anything negative going on about that. Um, it just... It, did and so did Chinese checkers and so did um, Chinese waterboarding and so did Chinese food and so did it's in my head right now um, anyway to get my point it, if people don't want to say China fine don't want to say China but you know what there's like this there's this Chinese uh, writer for this like NP something anyway it was online there's 22 million cell phone lines that are disconnected between December and March and that's weird because um, I mean it's a very communist country very communist but um, they've been dealing with this for a while and we've known it uh, December you can actually retrace uh, people's tweets and messages and newscasts 
to see how all that focus went down. This is not political, guys. I swear it's not. Uh, either side, just hear me out. Um, I think we're just all wrong on this one. Sure they knew, and they didn't communicate it as big of a deal it is, as it is. In fact, as of right now, I don't even know. What did they say? Like, a couple thousand people died? Is that what it was? I mean, it was, like, very, very minuscule. Like, compared to their 1.3 billion, it was, like, a... I don't know. For them, it's... It'd be, like, how many people in our country... Um, bungee jump in clown suits and fall to their death. Loss. Like the guy that just drank like pool equipment because he thought that that was what that drug was <laughs> that would do whatever for Corona. Gosh, that's so sad. Guy in Arizona, I think. I don't know. He drank chemicals because they sounded like the other thing. Just, dude, gin and tonic, man. Just <laughs> safer bet. Um, I just hope it doesn't become the next toilet paper bill. That's why I shouldn't probably said anything about it, but I'm trying to help you out while you're listening to me for my first time. So that's what I'm gonna do. Um, the squad, I don't, I don't understand what's happening because it's not racist. None of this is racist. Um, I have, as the, the, the vast middle that has no, I mean, it's our middle is huge, guys. Come on, you know it, and we know it. We just shut off the media for a while and just read facts if we can find them. Hopefully we can find them. Um, I do think hearing it straight from our president without any editorial bias in how it's reported or headlined or even now they're trying to say we're not going to air it because it's lies I, I listen to them because that's the president of the United States of America and he's going to tell us what's happening and where we are as a country and I do believe he has been strategically doing everything in his power to make America strong and secure so this doesn't happen again I look at it as Right now, we found cracks in some of the things that we do. I'm not going to get into any of them. Not even going to say a word. But we we identified them because we are in a once-in-a-lifetime weird-ass situation that I don't know the world will be in again. But now that we are, I'm worried it might happen again. And we might be like, oh, yeah, I know the drill. Yep, yep. Here's what we do. Here's what we do when shooters are coming. I'm going to go in my closet. And then it's just like normal life. Oh, we're going to get locked down for a month. It's fine, guys. They, t they shut your mortgage off. It'll be good. We cannot get used to this. Oh. And again, I'm not going to speculate into where it came from or how it came from. But when I listen to our president and people speak. And he somehow mysteriously had 22 million cell phones shut off. Meanwhile, in China, you're forced to be tied to your cell phone in every single way, shape, and form, including facial recognition. They'll even have you be a green, yellow, or red based on your health. And guess what they do if you're freaking yellow, man? They're going to beat your ass and drag you out of your house and throw you into one of their abandoned hotels, and they're going to make you quarantine. That's quarantine there. 
Ours is more like that funny meme of Quentin Quarantino going around. God, he's so smart, but I would love to see like Quentin Tarantino. Um, uh, what's his name? Mike V. Is that right? V. Van Chuck. Gary. Gary V. So why did that hurt? Gary V. And then like an Elon Musk and them. Just throw him in a room. Wouldn't that be nuts? But I would want um, Joe Rogan to like host it. Because then he'd be like talking them down. I don't know. Maybe we could even throw a few more people in there. Oprah. I bet she'd have a lot to say. Dolly Parton. My hero. She'd have a lot to say. Back to the squad. I am very, 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 very happy to be a woman. I like the skin I'm in. I truly, truly feel my heart for somebody that isn't. Okay? I have always had a whatevs about anything. Like, well, I mean, as long as you... <laughs> This comes back to my brain from living in the juvenile, not living, I was, did not live there. I worked there helping these teenagers. I was just a very young adult, but it was ingrained in your brain because you had to learn all these different defense techniques that did not hurt you or them so that you could get them to safety. And you were forced, like you had to intervene, like no questions asked if they were harmed to themselves, harmed to others or harmed to property. And I feel like that's a general rule for life. Period. If they are not a harm to themselves, they are not a harm to others, and they are not a harm to property, they shall be able to do whatever it is that makes their heart their heart. Period. I don't care. You mean it? Totally. But I don't want to be stereotyped in general as women. Not meaning anything to do with how we identify ourselves nor the color of our skin I am talking about the ideals and the business plan because let's be real that's what these are these are business plans okay their business plan is not safe and it is not secure it is not thought through it is sensational and I am not, like, I would rather have Elon Musk and, uh, what's his name, Sir Richard Branson dominate outer space business models and talk about it and see how they are, they are at a level that I don't even understand. And the technology that they're creating, like, you know, solar shingles and all this good stuff. As of right now, I have not seen a harm in that. Where I see the harm is these types of sensational things. That if anybody with, with just clarity and understanding on both sides would raise their hand and say, yes, we are correct. But right now, we don't have anyone else to represent us, so... We figure if we can get a compromise, we would all be happy. I get it. But I do not want to be associated with them as women. I, I feel that as a woman, I have enough challenges already. I didn't believe it to be true in a lot of ways. And, and believe me, I have a lot of reasons why I could validate why I think I have a voice in this, in this uh, a, a dog in this fight. 
why I think I could sit on a stage with any any other woman and talk about real things that have happened and what it took to overcome them. Like, I'm there. But I do not want to be represented by them and I do not want to be associated with them. And I feel that as them using that as part of their platform and then tying it to the squad, I am personally losing my ground. And I've worked very hard to overcome being seen as a woman and being seen as a colleague. And I mean that because there are a lot of decent men that I consider my colleagues. And my husband has many a strong woman that he considers his colleagues. And we are both comfortable enough in our relationship to understand that that's okay. And there is no threat because that is a different relationship. Okay? And yet, from from the extreme, and then I'm talking the extreme. I mean, these are, and I'm talking about that one, the one lady that, like, if any of you have worked, received government assistance, and started from a GED and nothing else, and have gotten to a place of success. You do not want their plan, and you know exactly why. And it's got nothing to do with gender. It's got to do with the fact that you know how business works, and you have enough common sense to see that the way they want to restructure it would decrease the ability to get people to work, which we already struggle with in the model that we have. I believe that if we stay the course with all of these business changes, because that's why our economy had, had, had been so great, and guess what? It's still going to be. I, I do believe that because I know the industries that are doing all of these things, and I know the corporate, and I know the small, and I have worked on every single side of it. I mean, I've actually helped clients that received bailouts in 08 that are argumentatively not supposed to get them now compared to I've also worked with the same pizza shops I'm seeing closed today. I, I know it's, I, I know how it works. And where I think we're broken is in all of our governmental systems and programs. And that has what has created our disparity. Now, I want you to understand I am not saying get rid of them. I could not have made it as a 16-year-old single mother without them. And the funny part is, is I actually didn't even get them until I was 18. Because you had to be an adult to receive them. And I also was living with my mother and her husband. And we didn't have the best few years, so it was already a little stressful. Not that they ever made me feel unwelcome, but it was just a cluster. And, and because I wasn't an adult at the time, now this has improved, but at the time, there was no daycare coverage. Like, there was no, there wasn't anything that would allow me to go to high school. I mean, the way I was bullied and tortured the whole time anyway, I, I never wanted to go back in, so it was all fine. I 
test it out in like 30 days. And then I was a sophomore in college when my class finally got around to graduating. But I didn't finish because I had to get back to work. I couldn't manage all the bills and her. And I remember we should get chicken pox, which by the way, chicken pox used to be a thing. Remember we used to have chicken pox parties? It, it just got to be too much. So I finished that last semester and I don't even know. I was a few credits shy. But anyway, it's not a big deal. I don't regret it. In fact, now it's coming back in style. I'm like, ha ha ha, look at me. I'm actually cool. I spent freaking 20 years of my professional career trying to hide it. I even learned how to put, you know, where you went. Like if somebody would say, where did you go to college? I could answer it. What's your degree in? Oh, I don't have one. So it was always like, you wanted to like go it that way, you know? And um, with resumes, I never lied. I just didn't include them. So you can imagine how tricky that made it when everything started to get automated and you just have to check a box. If you want to work for any company that has enough bankroll in it to be able to hire some company to check a box. And I've always made my way, man. I've always had somebody wanting to hire somebody from somebody who talked to somebody who knew somebody. So here I am and I'm very happy about it and I feel very successful and I'm on to my next challenges. like rambling my butt off for a whole hour up to people that I don't know but um, I just feel compelled to talk and I know for a fact my husband is tired of me going la 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 because as I'm talking now I could actually talk to him if he actually cared about listening and we would have a whole story and this would be a two-hour podcast instead of a one-hour podcast but anyway imagine that tomorrow we all woke up and we won the lottery. Those uh, certified checks you're going to be getting with, you know, that money to help us get on through. Even though we've deferred all mortgages, ordered that no utilities get shut off, no one gets to move, no foreclosures happen, nothing bad can happen. They can't take your car. Nothing can happen. We're just basically saying we're going to stop the world. Use your money for supplies. That's turned into, where's my joke? And... The, the funny part is, is if, if everybody won the lottery tomorrow, like, we literally wake up and we're millionaires, who's going to go to work? Are we going to just uh, punch a card and say it's my duty to work 40 hours a week, no more, no less, and then I get to receive the benefits of being a citizen in this country? Well, you don't have to be a citizen. Of living in this zip code. And, um, yeah, I'm going to work 40 hours don't matter if you um, I mean again I'm not saying there's not discrepancies because I was going to say you know who you know who's underpaid to be disgusting underpaid police fire any rescue people any I got to go up on the scene and clean up this wreck people and know how to do it right and teachers you know nurses, all of it. Uh, nurses are exactly in that first group I just described. But anyway, they're all underpaid. So I'm not saying that we don't have we don't have problems here. And I do believe women are underpaid. Um, I used to not, but now I do. So anyway, um, we can't get people to waitress or fry burgers or uh, I mean, anything that is more about pride and values. Like you know, I was talking about all those people that want to keep working and are working even though they technically could work from home. They're just honoring all the rules and following them and just doing work home, work home, work home. 
but as you can tell, they're few and far between. And I'm not saying that there aren't, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm thinking about doing another day because during those work hours, because everything is so slow, it, it actually helps me focus and feel better because I'm doing something that I secretly don't mind taking advantage of every now and then because everybody else is. And we're all getting little breaks. If we can all get little breaks, like little, you know, maybe we're working three days a week or something and then at home we're working from home and we're doing the other two. I don't know, but we're practicing the distancing. We're doing it right. Those are the people that you wanted, you know, you wanted you wanted me 23 years ago because I was scrubbing walls and cleaning up people's shit and tackling kids. And all for like, I think at my height I was making 1367 Thirteen sixty-seven, and then insurance was like a low deductible, and it was like ten bucks. And I was so excited. I even bought a second house, and I was working on that my old one to flip, so that me and my girl could, my little girl, I moved into a cheaper house, and I was gonna cut my mortgage in half, and I was gonna tell them all to because I was gonna go into marketing full time. So I was just doing it by night, doing radio and writing and stuff. And it's not that I wasn't appreciative. I mean, my husband, I met him there. Dude's my rock. We've been together. Well, we're going to be married 18 this year. But anyway, he did it for like 11 years. And then he investigated child services abuse, which he was the bomb. They miss him. He's so good at it. But he's also a gumpster. Anyway, I'm, I'll keep going. Back to the problem. Anyway, who would do those jobs? Who would want to do those jobs? If you won the lottery, you can do whatever you want to do. I'm guessing we're going to have a lot of muralists and we're going to have, we're not going to have McDonald's, that's for sure. Unless they figured out now how to get the machines going, then they're just going to have to pay some dude named Paul to hit buttons every three times in between the video games. But anyway, no, I mean, it's not going to, I truly believe that. Um, I see people now, I see people now with amazing jobs, good pay, good salary, good life. They're still, you know taking the staplers and uh, being those little kids that were always a pain in the butt when they were kids anyway and they just got more years older you know I love that I saw this uh, speaker and he said you can meet someone they tell you they got 15 years of experience but maybe they just got one year of experience they did 15 times <laughs> I was like yes I don't want to be a part of the squad I don't want you to use being a woman because I think the only reason you guys might have connected on that level at first, but there's a lot of women that aren't like that and a lot of women that know better and you're really insulting us. So don't use women as a thing. Call yourselves radicals or something. I don't know, but, um, and I'm sorry. I'm, I don't believe we have ourselves understood on, on a country's front of what is HR and what is corporate profit policy. Meaning, I am not blaming Obama, I am not blaming Bush, I am not even blaming Clinton, even though I think that's kind of where, nah, even then, no. I think since like 19, like the 60s, something happened again I don't know it's I think it's the government's government or something but I think it's just been like term after term after term it's just gotten worse and worse and worse and worse and worse 
to where we're trying to undo a lot of status quo relationships that hadn't been looked at in a long time. I look at it as like if somebody comes in and audits your uh, your accounts payable. I was like, what? Why are you paying $5,000 for coffee? Keurigs? Or, I don't know. Why are you paying $10,000 for someone to mow the grass? And I'd be about it. I don't know. Why are we? So I feel like that's what happens when you start a new job. I mean, if I start a new job as a CEO and I'm put in charge and I'm the CEO, I'm like, like I want everything. I want to see the last three years of this and this and this and this. And then I'm going to interview everybody and I want to find out where you were here and where we were here. And, you know, history drives strategy. What was in the past? Like, what were we at our most successful times? What were we at our weakest times? What are things in the closet? Like, what do I need to know now? Who, Who's my allies? Like, I'd be like assessing like that level. And meanwhile, while all this stuff's trying to happen, and again, I'll admit, guy's got a mouth on him and he's got things I'm not a, bleh, I'm not even pro. I'm just saying I'm not either. But like listen to me, I, I promise you I'm not either. I was yeah. I'm open. What do you call that? Would I be um and they call it bipartisans. I'm bipartisan. Anyway, I, I feel like everything's confusing and I do think I've because I've I've watched with media and I know my husband gets mad at me because he's like why are you watching that and I said because I want to understand I want to understand what is being said so that I can understand where this anger is coming from and where these accusations are coming from that I don't see on the other one which is about half and half and then I always try to read global news um, and Snopes things and then also do my own research like you guys you will not believe I mean there's stuff out there that you can google that is was published online like in 2001 or in 1998 like it's out there you just and I mean if it says it's that and that's the published date it was probably right right unless it was some media but I always make sure it's not it's always like dot edus and stuff but anyway I digress I'm trying to be as open factual as I can before I make a decision because both both extremes are almost like this whole corona like quarantine thing where it's like people are starting to get on edge and we already had edge and then we had edge thought about that today I feel bad for Nashville they got hit with the tornado and then this and they've they're shut down anyway there's there's tweets out there and I encourage you to look for them I can't remember the guy's name I don't have a fact checker this is my first podcast sorry but I just want to convey to you that I am not trying to go one way or the other but I do think if you're going to compare business plans, if this was a pitch, because life is a pitch for me, or at least it had been, I, I don't know, I'm kind of, I feel like I'm evolving and getting away from that pitch and more trying to help others learn them how to pitch. And you know what I mean? Like, there really does come a time when there are things that you outgrow, but you're more than willing to give to someone else who's interested. I think that's the key of life. And I do think I've got 
great people around me in my life personally old and new and even at work and everywhere else that can pass those torches along and, and do but um, I don't want to pitch anymore I just want to understand and I want to listen and I want to be in support and I do support his business plan over this business plan and if you were pitching to me one or the other I would take his again the things that they're complaining about are HR issues but from what I've seen and what I've read and what I've learned he has been in office for only three years now for him only is an understatement because I feel the same way I want drastic change if I'm somewhere for three years um, but he has done nothing but fight internally and I'm talking about all of those things that have been drug up that do you even remember what they were do you remember because you know he's been fighting them the whole time but in the meantime even though all of these these actual accusations are unfounded and unfounded and unfounded what you can't find because you're you're it's not is is he is he a racist is he taking away people's rights is he anti-gay is he like all these things and i can tell you that by watching both sides and seeing the one that actually promotes him in every single light possible by just airing his actual words no editing or no like clipping him down and throwing an opinion about something i have never witnessed it when you look at his past if, if he's guilty of anything it was more of the womanizing side and even then if he were it was never anything that could actually have convicted him because believe me they would have by now and all of the people that are throwing fits and using stages and saying things about it are the same people that you tend to give a pass to because they were working amongst proven womanizers like oh I don't know surviving R. Kelly uh Harvey uh Bill Cosby uh even Michael like I don't know what all that dude did and I know people question all of that but either way it was weird and he did go to Thailand a lot I heard Again, I don't know I love the man I actually wore blackface when I was eight years old because I was him for Halloween and had a zipper coat and a glove and thought I was the best person in the whole world and I walked that street with my shoulders tall and I was so proud of myself but if I do it did if I ever showed anyone that picture I'd, I'd be a racist and I'm like no I wasn't I was like that chick that worked for that company that wanted to make her black but I guess I could always now, now I'm allowed to identify as whatever I want. But I guess Michael didn't want to identify as it either. So I'm just going to be me. I'm me. And our president hasn't had time to fix global relationships. And yet everyone is condemning him over internal HR allegations so to me 
that doesn't make sense. How can we go ahead and convict him of HR abuse when he hasn't even had the time to meet the department heads in charge of decisions that would affect that because he's still dealing with keeping the actual business afloat before he even is able to get down into the level of the workers. Think about that. I don't understand. I can say by researching, reading, 1998, 2001, 2004, 2008 articles that were published about him in different places within his career, I have not seen any evidence that shows any type of behaviors he's being accused of. We know for a fact he hasn't had any time to complete the first stage of getting the job of a new company of being a CEO, and nothing has changed in rights, benefits, immigration, nothing. I mean, I know he's, he is building that wall, but I truly believe the wall is not about immigration. The wall is about crime. And I have read and listened, I mean, even Joe Rogan has a podcast about a guy who wrote a book about it, how China is shipping laced synthetic fentanyl and cantonoids in through Mexico, where the Mexicans take it, cross it through, and then they already have their farms and their facilities and everything inside of the country because it's a lot easier to do it here than trying to get it across the border, if you know what I'm saying. And um, there's also two major hubs down there that have been proven to possibly be the exports of where the child trafficking goes so that they can get them to the, the people that wear the weird things and have different cultures and like their own little fetishes like anything from people on the streets with heroin to a certain type of look for a kid that they happen to pick up. I don't know. Call me crazy. It's all out there. You can find it. So I'm like, get that freaking wall up. And I used to joke because I believe there's a lot of tunnels. So I'm like, well, what's the wall going to do? But it's, it's not about immigration. I, I believe that Mexico and Canada and us should all be friends. And we should be called like the North Americans. Yeah. We're the Northern Hemisphere. Hello, Northern Hemisphere. I don't know. And we can figure out where we do what best and we can work together and be like, go team. But for the meantime, just as our president and the president of Canada agreed to close our borders right now until we, we got our shit figured out because we both knew we were dealing with shit. We can do the same with Mexico and say, dude, we're done with this drug problem. I don't need Afghanistan's poppy fields. I don't need uh, a, a tunnel of gas running from one country to the next and killing soldiers so that we can get it built or whatever we're doing. I don't need our country to be in a 20-year war that's never going to end. I'll handle the negotiations with all of these leaders. Let's take the workers out of it. Let's come home. Let's figure this out. Let's clean up our country. Let's get this thing strong again. I need all these veterans. I need these veterans to build my roads, fix my, fix my pavement, to slap all these people around that forgot what it was like to be snowy. 
can't fight amongst ourselves, people. We just can't. We just can't. Gotta be friends. We're all American. And you know what? I don't want anyone to get shipped out. I just want to stop. Kind of like what we're doing right now with Corona. It's like making everything stop. Drive your car. Live in your home. Don't change a thing. Stay where you're Everything just stays right. Clean your house before you have a party. Well, guess what, folks? We gotta clean our house before we have a party. No squad. But it is gonna take a lot of smart women behind a dude that isn't afraid to be a bulldog in a world where I think if we work hard and not make any type of issue and just use all the smarts we know we can to run this place, it won't have to be. As you can tell, I've had a lot to say for my very first one, but it's been one of those weeks and... I figure this is a great way to thin the herd now and figure out who's going to listen. But I look forward to having many guests and uh, stay tuned. And there you have it. Another episode of Oh Hey Heather. I hope it has made you think of a story of your own or how you could relate to this one. Or if anything, just something you could enjoy. Thanks everyone and have a great one. Thank you.